Hello and welcome to the Greatest Story Podcast. My name is Mikey Tai, and I'm here with my wife Heidi. Hello, everyone. We are up to episode 20. Can you believe that, Heidi? That is crazy. It's taken us two years to get to this point. Two years of doing this. But it seemed like just yesterday. We've persevered. Did we start in lockdown? Uh, no, it was before then. It was in oh, 2019. Wow. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. So we were doing this, and uh, why did we start? Well, we both love watching movies. It's right. our favorite date night thing to do. Yep. And not only do we like watching movies, we always come out of the cinema with so much to talk about, like the themes and yeah, what we right. liked about it. And we're also Christians. And so why not, I guess, watch a movie and try and see how the movie story points us to a better gospel story. That's right. And I think for us, it's it's an opportunity for us to share our thoughts with the world mm-hmm. and uh, our Christian friends around the world or those who aren't Christian and wanting to investigate who Jesus is. And we've been going for two years because, well, really, we keep hearing great uh, news from you guys. We keep hearing uh, messages of support and encouragement. Uh, we are really enjoying doing this as well. So, yeah, we've been on and off for the last two years, though. Like, there have been times when we've been extra busy. Uh, last three months, we've actually been quite busy because... Super busy, super sleep-deprived, because we had a baby. Because we had a baby, a newborn in our life. And Who she's is amazing. A bundle of joy. Totally yes. worth the sleep deprivation. <laughs> we've been tired, we've been busy, uh, but we're back on the mic today because we have... An exciting episode, thinking about Shang-Chi, the latest Marvel movie. We can't wait to share with you. What have we been watching lately, though? Well, um, with a baby, we were able to watch, you know, quite a few shows, surprisingly. We finished the Loki series on... During your pregnancy. Oh, was that during pregnancy? It was during pregnancy, yeah. The last 11 months have been a blur. Yeah. It's all blurred into... We did watch Loki, Ryan the Last Dragon, we finally got around to, that was good. Bored my eyes out in the first... Five minutes, all the family themes hit me in the feels. There's a really good series on Amazon that we both recommend. It's called Little Fires Everywhere. Reese Witherspoon, Kerry Washington, really solid show. It's about parenting, privilege, and, and all, or just all things good. Prejudice. Prejudice. There we go. There's three, three P's. P's. And we've been watching recently, we haven't finished it yet, so no spoilers please, but we've been watching Squid Game on Netflix. Who isn't watching Squid Game? Taking the World by Storm is literally number one around the world on all really? Netflix. Yeah, all, wow. I think most most countries. Interesting. But today, uh, maybe we'll get to Squid Game one day on the show, but today we're going to do Shang-Chi, the latest Marvel flick. Yeah, we were so excited for this one. We even got grandma to babysit so that we could get four hours of freedom just to watch this movie with popcorn. Well, it was it was a movie that had so much hype. It was all over the internet. Everyone Our friends were talking it. about it. Social media, Insta stories. We, we just had to do it. That's right. But before we get into the movie and explaining the plot, which is super complicated, but we're going to try, there will be spoilers in this episode. So if you haven't watched the movie, please press pause and come back to this episode later. That's right. Yeah. So, Mikey, what is this Shang-Chi plot all about? Well, it, it's complicated, but it's not. It's, it's simple in many <laughs> ways as well. I mean, it's about a guy called Shang-Chi who, uh-huh. who fights. Um, and so he's played by Simu Liu. Uh, he's a trained uh, assassin, a son of a guy called Shu Wenwu, mm-hmm. played by Tony Leung. Right now, if you don't know who Tony Leung is, Amazing. he's one of the best actors ever. Like he, From Hong Kong cinema. Hong Kong cinema. We grew up watching him in a lot of movies. Infernal Affairs, if you want to start with something with Tony Leung, he's one of the, my, he's probably my favorite Hong Kong actor. Anyways, he's uh, the leader of the Ten Rings, this, uh, this group of people who, um, 
you know, who go around beating up people, mm-hmm. trying to get more power, all that sort of stuff, conquering empires. He's a man uh, who's got basically immortality from these ten rings that have given him this power. He goes around conquering empires uh, on this, yeah, never-ending quest for power, really. Mm-hmm. And he's basically lived for, what, a thousand years? Something that right? like that. Yeah. Now, if you know the comic books, though, this guy's known as the Mandarin. He's a supervillain, uh, a nemesis to Iron Man. Mm. And shang is his son, but shang escaped his dad. He's living in San Francisco. Through a series of events, he ends up reunited with his sister. They team up. They try to stop their dad from destroying the world, really, because uh, he thinks that their deceased mum is captured uh, in his in her home village of Tarlo. Mm. Now, Tarlo is this mythical place with dragons and different types of beasts, uh, but it's, in fact, in another dimension. Mm-hmm. His aim is to go there with his gang, the Ten Rings, to free her. That's what he thinks that he has, he's been called to do. Shang-Chi ends up in Talo with his best friend Katie, played by Okufina, and his sister. They mm-hmm. level up, get trained, get strong, go to battle against their dad, who is in his delusional state. He releases these soul-sucking demons that want to destroy humanity. It all escalates pretty quickly. Yes, it <laughs> But that's the story. I mean, it's, it's simple... In many ways. It's complicated yes. in the sense that Lots you need to... Lots of different backstories. Yeah, you need to know the backstories. Yes, yes. But it's literally about Shang-Chi who wants to defeat his dad, the Mandarin. Yes, excellent. Good summary, I think. Yeah, he Good. just wants his wife back. Really, <laughs> See, it's a supervillain who wants his wife back. And a son who wants to stop his power-hungry dad. Mm-hmm. Pretty straightforward, I think. And then there's a loud friend, Katie, who knows how to drift. <laughs> That's right. Don't, let's not forget Aquafina's big role in this film. But... She, she does play a very important character. Well, yes. not really. She's just there for comedic relief. She's mm-hmm. great, though. Great actress. Okay, so we're assuming you've watched the film and you understand that plot summary. Um, let's go through some of the themes. Just go on Wikipedia. If you want to find out the plot summary, Wikipedia tells you everything. gives you all the spoilers. The themes. Uh, what did I find in terms of themes? I think the first one was the abuse of power, right? Like, mm-hmm. the Mandarin had this choice to, to use his power for good or for evil. Unfortunately, he chooses evil. Uh, for, for a thousand years, he uses violence to conquer nations and, and empires. His kingdom is built on fear. No matter how much, he, how much power he gains for himself, though, he, he's just not satisfied. Uh, and, and so he just he just wants more and more power. I think there's an abuse of power there. Mm. Um, but that also sort of ties into the power of love. I think the power of love is a big theme in this, right? Mm-hmm. He wants his wife back, uh, the mum of Shang-Chi. And in his quest for more power, the Mandarin uh, wants to conquer Ta-Lo, this mythical uh, village, uh, so he can get more power. Mm-hmm. But his... Um, or from the start, we know that he falls in love with this woman instead and he gives up his power to get married and because she convinces him she can, he can use his power to do good instead. Yeah. Now, uh, his wife, Ying Li, the, the mum of Shang-Chi, is the only person who's really able to, to fight the Mandarin and, and even defeat him. Uh, her combat style is so unique, it's so different to his. And, and I think there's this symbolic thing there which shows us that Ying Li has this uh, open heart that shows compassion, whereas the Mandarin has this really hard heart. That's not willing to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Like even his fighting style represents that. Like he just fights with like closed fists and like brute strength. Whereas his wife is much more like open handed and fluid. Yeah, exactly. And so I think through that, that message of love, the Mandarin is willing to change. It's the power of love that we see mm-hmm. uh, even uh, in this thousand year old evil ruler. Yes. Uh, he's willing to surrender his power. Yes. And, and it really is her love that compels him to change. Like, she's willing to give him a chance to be, mm. a, be a better person. And it's that, 
I guess, compassion, that love, that, that opportunity to change that, I guess, compels him. Mm. And so it's sad because when his wife dies, the mm. Mandarin becomes hijacked again by revenge. He wants, yeah. uh, you know, there's this line that's said in the movie, it's, you know, a blood debt has to be paid by blood. And so he once again um, goes on a rampage. He uses fear and violence to conquer um, people around him and his own children, even forcing Shang-Chi into martial arts training from a young age so that his son can become this assassin and seek revenge for his mother. Yeah, and you can really see his need for power and control. Even in his parenting style, like it's really dominating and like his children fear him and that's yeah. really sad. Yeah, so there's this mm. power of... Um, well, there's this need for power and then there's this need for love. I think those two are very hand in hand that mm. come through in this film. But I think the third one, if I could identify a third one, would have to be, I guess, the, the theme of family. I mean, that's mm. very clear. Yeah. yeah. Right. I think someone messaged me on Instagram and said, when I watched it, all I could feel, I, like, it was just daddy issues. Like, this guy has daddy issues. And I'm like, yeah, sure. In one sense, yes. Um, but it's more than that, I think. I think yeah, we, we all want acceptance in life. And there's this... Uh, each character is seeking acceptance. Mm-hmm. And, and for us, you know, being in an honor-shame culture ourselves growing up in that, uh, we could really identify, we could really see that there's this, this idea of success bringing honor to our family and failure brings shame. Yeah. And that was really seen through the way the Mandarin parented his children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you could tell the Mandarin, he was like a typical, you know, tiger dad. He's distant, he's cold, constantly disapproving. You know, Shang, he's spends his whole childhood training hard and, you know, getting beaten up by sticks just to make his dad proud. Bloody knuckles and everything. Um, But his dad never is. And, you know, there's no hugs, there's no affection, which is really, really sad. Um, And then it gets to a point where in fear and shame, Shang actually runs away from home because, you know, he just can't live up to his dad's expectations for him and the pressure is too much. And I guess he doesn't feel like he'll ever be accepted. And how many times have we heard that story amongst our... Asian yeah, friends it's so common who want to run away from home because they just feel like their parents they can't meet their parents expectations mm. it's so sad and and it's sad because even when they are reunited as adults um the mandarin he, he's still shaming his son for running away from home and he says you know things like you'll never be strong enough to carry the rings um which I think it's interesting because when I watch the film with my Western eyes, individualistic, you know, point of view, I think Shang was strong enough to disobey his own father and, and mm, run away true. and live his own life. But I guess in that Eastern collectivist culture, you know, strength is being able to, you know, stay put and carry on the family's legacy, even if you disagree with your parents. So there's a big clash of East and West that's, yes. that's being shown. And I think there. we understand that because of our... Yeah, upbringing and culture. I really like the way the film did that. Like, I think mm. from even the start when um, Shang went over to his friend Katie's house, he uh, took his shoes off and the, the yeah. camera panned down yeah. to that yeah. to that moment. And then even the way that they respected uh, the grandma, the elders, yeah. the elders uh, in that house, in Katie's house at the beginning, it just mm. showed this sort of, you know, Eastern culture, uh, Eastern values yeah. that were really shown. Mm. Um, I, think, I think this acceptance thing in the, in the family thing really... Um, I mean, it came through with his sister as well. Yeah, you know, she's not allowed really to <laughs> train in martial arts from a, as a, as a young girl. Uh, so she watches from afar. She teaches herself. She challenges herself to be stronger than mm. um, than the rest of them. And even at sixteen, you know, it, we're told that she starts this fight ring on her own. She builds and and you know, builds up her own little empire. She did it to prove her to her dad that 
You know, mm. she's good enough. Mm. Uh, I think the line is, if my dad doesn't let me into his empire, I'm going to build my own. Yeah, when she said that, it was like a mic drop moment, hey? Yeah, wow. And I think that's that's the hustle that every, you know, woman in 2021 aspires towards because we want to prove to the world that we're strong enough and we can do, you know, what men can do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And so there's so much... There's so many things of acceptance, especially within the family unit, I mm. think, that uh, comes up. Yeah, and even the Mandarin himself is seeking acceptance. I mm. mean, when he marries his wife, he really wants to be part of the Talo village, but they actually reject him because of his past sins. Yeah. And even though he's wanting to change, he's still not accepted. His character is really complicated, isn't it? In, mm. in one sense, we want him just to be the villain who just does bad stuff. Yeah. But in many ways, we also see that he's a guy willing to change when he... Meets love. He meets love. Mm-hmm. Yep. So so many, oh, so many good themes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we can tackle all of them, but in terms of the greater story, yeah, like in the greater story of Jesus, and we know that Jesus has come to our world to save us from sin, to give us new life in Christ, mm-hmm. in Him, and to bring us to God. Uh, how does this movie, right, and these themes of power and acceptance? How do they point us to Jesus? Yeah, I think if we were to tackle the first um, theme of power and power abuse, um, we know that God will never abuse his power because he is holy and incapable of sin. And so I think God's holiness should bring us comfort. Um, A God who is so sovereign in power um, and is also, you know, the world's ruler is actually incapable of sinning against us. He he can't actually do bad or use his power um, for bad. And so unlike the Mandarin, um, we, I guess, can take comfort in the fact that the God of the Bible, he has no limits, he has no needs or vulnerabilities. And and so his good and loving nature will never change. You know, God is never, not going to be a loving father one day and then suddenly flip the script and becomes a tiger dad the next. Right, um, yep. Because God is holy, he can only use his powers for good. Um, and he'll never ask us to submit or train towards a sinful command. Yeah. I and, love that. Like, it's, it's, you know, it's showing us that God is... Um, he is perfectly holy. He's mm. uh, he's not going to abuse his power. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think also, unlike the Mandarin, like God's kingdom, the one that he's building, is not one of control and dominance, but it is one of love and compassion. And we can see this, you know, most of all in the person of Jesus who withheld his power to serve and save the world from sin and death. You know, Jesus, when he came to the world, he could have conquered the world with might and power, but instead he came to, you know, wash feet and to die on the cross for his enemies. And so it always blows my mind that at the height of his suffering and pain, you know, on the cross, Jesus, what does he say? He prays, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And so I think at the cross, we, we do see the heart of God. Um, and like, you know, the wife, it is a soft heart. Mm. It's vulnerable, it's mm. loving, and it's merciful. And I think there's, there's that power and humility, isn't there, that mm. we see there, like in, in, the, in the gospel especially. And, and so for us to actually understand what power truly looks like, it's so much more than just brute strength yes. and, and immortality. Yeah, uh, that, it takes yeah, yeah more powerful to be soft and vulnerable. <laughs> If anything. Yeah, well. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, so we got that aspect of the power and God's power. What about mm-hmm. this idea of acceptance? Yeah, I think we can take comfort in the fact that in Jesus, we are fully known with all our mistakes, with all our messiness, all our brokenness. And yet we are fully loved as well and accepted into God's family if we put our faith in him. And so there is a scene at the end of the movie where Shang and his sister, they meet their auntie played by Michelle. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> she says, 
you are children of this family and I welcome you here. Yeah, that was a really good line. That really hit me because I think there's this... Uh, as soon as I heard that, I was instantly thinking about God's adoption for us. Mm, like we're welcomed yeah. into God's family when we're looking for family all our life, looking for belonging, looking for acceptance. I think yeah. it's so powerful um, because Shang and his sister, you know, they both felt abandoned in mm-hmm. different ways. Shang yeah. felt abandoned by his dad, who was just training him to be an assassin. His sister, you know, felt abandoned by Shang, who yeah. abandoned her. Yeah. Uh, but they found this um, home, I guess, yes. when their auntie welcomed them into the village, into Talo. Mm. And yeah, I think that's a really beautiful scene. But what's interesting is that her acceptance of the children is actually conditional. And I think a lot of Uh, human acceptance, it is conditional. Um, The children, you know, you can come home because you're worthy. Whereas the Mandarin, when he He wanted wanted to to change, he was still rejected because of past sins. Um, And so I think the good news of the gospel is that, you know, Romans 8.1, there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Um, that's so true yeah yeah. like he died for everyone Um, we don't need to be strong enough to be saved we don't need to be sinless to be saved there is no discrimination between age gender culture status you know jesus he died for heroes for villains fearful sons unwanted daughters for everyone and so no matter who we are or what we've done if we put our faith in him we can take comfort in the fact that we have forgiven and we are fully accepted into god's family and i think that that's the key though it's faith in jesus because he's the great substitute Mm -hmm. if we don't understand that jesus was the perfect holy one if we don't understand that he was accepted by god because of his sinlessness we can't understand our acceptance because jesus is our great substitute Mm. we need him to be accepted into god's presence into god's family jesus is so key to the gospel and i think so many of us miss that point in the gospel because uh, we think our good works will give us acceptance Mm. but our good works amount to nothing before god yeah Yeah. (laughs) we need jesus and we need his acceptance before god to be our substitute as well Mm. yeah and i think just finally um just as the love of ying li the wife compels the mandarin to change um when we know that we are unconditionally loved by God, we will also want to change and, and to repent as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's this, there's this um, oh, again, as soon as I left the movie, I told you this. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, there's this sermon or uh, uh, a paper, paper by Thomas Chalmers, the mm-hmm. Puritan. Uh, it's called The Expulsive Power of a Greater Affection. And the idea is when we have a greater affection, it's so much more powerful and it, and it um, expels the lesser affections of our hearts, right? Mm, so mm. Um, say you fall in love and you get married, um, your desire to love your wife is so much greater to um, you know, spend all your time playing video games, for example. You yes. love playing video games, but yes. you want to spend time with your wife because that's a greater affection. Mm-hmm. You know, when we realize the love of God for our lives, when we know that we're um, known by him, he knows all our dark secrets, knows our skeletons, knows our baggage, mm. but still chooses to, to love us fully when we're fully known and fully loved, in the words of Tim Keller, fully known and fully loved by him. It is the gospel, really. Uh, it, it shows us that um, God's love is so great, greater than anything we've experienced, and it mm. will make us want to change for the better. Yeah. So, That's the yeah. expulsive power of the greater affection. Yeah. So it's not like we're doing good because we're fearful of God um, and trying to be good enough for him. It's we want to do good because we are so grateful for the love that he has for us and to be honest like i yeah, see this so in, <laughs> i see this in the life of the apostle paul who was once a violent man he calls himself the worst of sinners but once he meets jesus you know he just becomes one track mind for him his life was completely changed 
And yeah, that's the power of the gospel. And so that's, mm. yeah, and that's really the Mandarin, right? He mm. meets the love of his wife and he wants to tra- change. I mean, that expulsive power of a greater affection. So there, but let's see how that points us to Jesus more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus' love for us, anyone. Any, I've met so many people in this world who, who have met Jesus and their lives are so, you know, evidently different, different. <laughs> yeah. yeah and that's the power of the gospel it's the power of god's love for us mm. only god's love can change uh, someone so hard mm. hard-hearted yeah um but you know what it's also powerful because it's eternal mm-hmm. you know like yeah the, the power of the ten rings gives you a, a sense of immortality in this world you, you won't die you can just you won't age uh, but God is immor- the actual immortal one. He's the one who lives. He's the eternal one mm-hmm. from, you know, everlasting to everlasting. He was there before creation and he'll be there into the, you know, forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so knowing that God is the eternal one, we don't have to worry about losing his love. Mm-hmm. God doesn't change. He's unchanging. He's infinitely loving. God will never leave nor forsake us and nothing can separate from his love. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in 1 John 4, it talks about how God is love. He's the source of love. He's the creator of love. He's wired love into us. If mm-hmm. we want to see what love looks like, we've got to look to God. Mm-hmm. It's a love that we can fully anchor in from now and into eternity. And I think that's something that this show really points us to. Yeah. The greatest story is in <laughs> Jesus. It's the greatest story is in God's love for us and the acceptance that we have knowing mm-hmm. him as father. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's great. Really enjoyed the show. I think, uh, you know, I went in with very low expectations. You did. Uh, but I, I was, you know, very, very satisfied from it. Uh, in terms of rating it, what would you give it? I'd give it an eight out of 10. Eight out of 10. Yeah. I think I'd say eight and a half, like mainly because of the, the, the fighting scenes, I think. Like it just reminded me of, of uh, Kung Fu movies that I grew up with. Uh, again, I'm a big fan of Tony Leung and, and Michelle Yeoh as well. Like they, they, I loved their yeah. uh, appearances in the movie. Um, but yeah, I, I was a big fan of that. Yeah, I and I, I liked how the soundtrack was like oh, typical Marvel. It was very epic in one sense. Superhero theme. Like, had all these Asian, yeah. you know, sort Chinese of subtle, yeah, subtle influences as mm. well. Really good. We always finish our show thinking about our top threes in terms of top top numbers. I don't know. Top threes. Top three. In terms of things that we like that might be related. (laughs) We want to talk about our top three Kung Fu movies. Yes. Okay. That we grew up with. What are your top three if you have three? I don't know if Um, I can come up with three at the moment. Yeah. So I was a big fan of Jackie Chan. Grew up with him. My dad looks like him. He actually looks like him. (laughs) He does. You guys have to do (laughs) it. Uh, this face-to-face comparison, you'll see it. Um, so I, yeah, grew up with all his movies. My favorite would have to be City Hunter. Oh, it's, yeah. It's um, That's funny, a good one. That's a great one. With lots of action scenes. Um, I loved his Police Story series. Yep. Um, and New Police Story series. Um, but yeah, and anything with Wong Fei Hung, which is played by Jet Li. Gently. I yep. loved watching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's Once Upon a Time in China, specifically. Is it? Is yeah. that what it's called? Yeah, that's what it's called. The Wong oh. Fei Hung series. I was going to say that's my number one, actually. Oh, wow. I remember that so much growing up. And Wong Fei Hung, if you guys don't know who the that is. The theme song. It's, yeah, so it's so memorable. Distinct. Um, but that would be number one. Number two would be It Man with Donnie Yen. Oh, that was a classic. Really good. Um, that was a bit later in life. I think I watched that when I was in uni. Uh, the third one would be... Jackie Chan's classic Drunken Master. So oh, Drunken Kung Fu fighting. It's so that's really old school. It's yeah, it's really he was really young in it. But at the same time What about Ong Bak? That's, that's That's Thai. Yeah, it's not a 
Well, I guess it's a kung it's fu. kung fu. He throws an elephant or something. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, but I'm, not, I'm thinking about Hong Kong films. Okay, sorry. Quick edit. Ong Bak is actually Muay Thai, not Kung Fu, just in case we've offended anyone. But anyways, there are our top three. Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> we really enjoyed doing today's episode with you. It's been a while. We love getting back on the mic and sharing our thoughts with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're new to our show, make sure if you haven't, subscribe, leave a review for us. We love hearing from you. Uh, send us a message here. What are you watching? What are the uh, what drama? Are you watching Squid Game like we are, like everyone else Let is? Let us know. Should we review it? Yeah. What do you think of the themes? What do you think? How do you think it points us to the greatest story? And we'd love to hear from you guys. Thanks for listening again. Until next time, though, we'll see you later. Bye.